Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, Associate Editor Mark Demko. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Bow Hunting Podcast. Super excited. You know, we talk a lot about big whitetails on, on the podcast uh, throughout the year. Um, but uh, today we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're actually going to talk about a monster movie. I'm, I'm very excited. We have Nolan Johnson of California. Uh, Nolan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. You you got a big muley uh, earlier this month. Um, now, right now, you, you're living in Oregon, going to school, but you're a yes, resident sir. of California, right? Yeah, I'm uh, out of Northern California. I'm living in Southern Oregon right now, uh, going to school, getting my bachelor's degrees, but uh, still a resident in California, so I still go down there and get to hunt with my family and stuff like that. Awesome. Now, um, you you grew up in the uh, Mount Shasta area, if I'm correct, right? Yes, sir. And um, you got started in bow hunting at a pretty early age, right? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so uh, in California, you can't hunt big game until you're 12. Um, but I've been going out with my dad and older brother since I was, as long as I can remember, honestly, just going out and hanging out with them and seeing the country and kind of following them around. And then when I turned 12, I started bow hunting and rifle hunting. And I definitely have more of a, I like bow hunting more personally, uh, but I've been doing it for as long as I can remember. Yeah, and um, so um, your archery season in Northern California there opens uh, in, let's call it mid to late August. I think it opened August 20th this year. But uh, um, so you applied for a tag. That's a, a draw. What zone were you hunting and how long does it take you to draw a tag for that? So we were in uh, X1 archery or A3. And uh, in California, it takes three to four years to draw that tag. It's You're leaning more towards four years now. Um, it's only a hundred tags given out a year, I believe. So we get went in and a party with um, our buddy Pete, who was out there with me uh, and my older brother, Tyler. So we put in as a party and that average just out to, I think a little over three points and we got lucky enough to draw. That's awesome. So um, let's talk about uh, the experience and uh, you know, obviously if you're living in Oregon, you, you have to travel back home. I should probably ask you, how long does it take you to get between where you're living now and back to your house? Uh, only hour, 15 minutes, hour 20. Oh, okay. So yeah. It's, so it's it's close. Close. yeah so um, uh, once you drew the tag, what part of the, the state were you hunting in? You know, what was the terrain like the topography and things like that? So it kind of depends where you're, where you're at so the area that i we were spending most of our time at um was northeast of mcleod california uh out in the flats my uh my family's been hunting out there for 30 plus years so me and my brother went out there with my dad he went out there with his dad and so on um, but out there it's a lot of logging and stuff like that so a lot of trees you'll get some flats and some open areas but uh you also get some areas where it's pretty thick and not super well kept but You'll see some deer out there. The population isn't great, but you'll run into some bucks for sure. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about that, but you sort of touched on that. Though. So, the, so the mule deer population isn't isn't low, but it's not super either. Yeah, it's it's kind of hit or miss. This year, it's been kind of weird. Um, we were seeing a lot more deer than we have in past years, um, and we're also seeing more bucks than we usually do uh, in Northern California. 
it's, you know, a 20 inch three points, a pretty good buck. Like if you get a shot at one of those, you're doing pretty good. Uh, so seeing the buck that I got on was pretty insane for out there. Yeah. And, um, not to spill the beans, but let's talk about that. It's a really impressive buck. It's, uh, uh, I believe you told me it has a 28 inch inside spread and we're going to share that picture out on social media, but, uh, um, that's gotta be one of the biggest bucks you've ever uh, seen in your lifetime, let alone shot. Yeah. So it's the, uh, it's the second buck I've ever seen, uh, alive. So, uh, a few years ago, my dad had actually got onto a buck that was bigger than that. And we couldn't get that one down, but, uh, we uh it was definitely cool seeing that buck and then being able to get an arrow in this one and you know walk up to it and actually get up close after we found him it was it was a pretty surreal experience yeah now um when you talk about hunting in your area uh when do you start your scouting or when do you start your scouting in earnest so this year since i'm not in the state as much as i'd like to be um my dad does a lot of the preseason scouting and it's funny because he didn't even draw that tag. He just likes being out in the woods and, you know, seeing the area and chasing deer. So he was going out there and looking around and that area we were in, he had actually uh, scouted a pretty good four point, which was the buck we were looking for. Um, but he'll usually start doing that. I think uh, probably a month, two months out and put trail cams out and stuff like that. Yeah. Now uh, I'm assuming you're hunting uh, national forest or some type of public land. Yeah. Public land. Uh, to me, a hundred tags doesn't seem a lot. Do you, do you have a, do, you know, would you say that the archery pressure is minimal when you're out this time of the year? You don't, you don't encounter a lot of other guys, do you? Uh, no, with, on the X side, you don't, ex, you don't see as many guys. It kind of depends the area you're at. Um, on the other side, the C side, which is the tag you can draw pretty much every year. You'll see, you'll definitely get a lot more hunting pressure. You'll see a lot more people than deer. Um, but this area, we only saw a handful of dudes and two days, three days, however long we were out there. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you mentioned earlier about how you applied sort of as a group and, and you were able to draw the, the tags, uh, who was a hunting in your group when you went out there. So who was out with you when you started the archery hunt? So, uh, we had my dad who was pretty much serving as a, as a guide since he had been out there scouting. And then, uh, my uncle, uh, our buddy Pete, and then my older brother and myself, we all had tags. So it was five of you. Now let's talk about the, the actual hunt itself. So the season started on uh, August 20th. I think that was a, a Saturday. Um, you guys headed out. How did that first day go? First day went well. So uh, my uncle and Pete hadn't gotten out there yet. Uh, They're being good dads and out coaching their kids uh, down in like central California. Um, so it was just me, my dad, and my brother. And I'd gotten on a group of bucks uh, on a little hunt that I did, but no shots and I could have shot a little foghorn, but passed on him. And then after that, it was pretty slow. Like I said, out there, the deer, the volume of deer you see isn't that, isn't that big. So a lot of it's just looking around, trying to glass something up. And it was pretty slow day one for sure. Got chances, yeah. but didn't, didn't take them. Yeah. So then the, the second day rolled in and I guess things turned around pretty quickly. So um, let's talk a little bit about uh, how that hunt unfolded. And, and obviously that's a very special day for you with the day you got this buck. Yeah. So uh, day two started out, we went to uh, the area originally that I had gotten on the bucks uh, from day one to try and uh, try and get Pete 
the chance at him. It was his first archery hunt. So my main goal that whole day was to make sure uh, Pete got a, got to fling some arrows. Um, but we did get on some bucks that day and uh, in the morning and then in the afternoon, it got pretty quiet and we were kind of checking on X and stuff like that, looking for more spots to go. And as the evening rolled around, we kind of decided, you know what, let's go out to where we'd seen this bigger buck and before the season started and see if we can't get on him. So like I said, we went out to the uh, flats northeast of McLeod and uh, did a little hunt through there. And I wish it was a better story in terms of actually finding the buck, but uh, it was pretty much just pure luck. I just happened to turn to my left and saw a rack laying there. Didn't didn't really flinch at all. Just grabbed the rangefinder, put him in at a 75. And I was like, well, it's getting close to dark and he's got me pretty much pinned. So it's now or never. So knocked an arrow, drew back and uh, I could see his head and then front shoulder. And uh, I thought he was laying broadside to me. And fortunately, uh, I came to find out he was quartering away a little bit and uh, took my aim, super calm, let the arrow go and uh, heard it hit, saw him get up. And the way he got up, you know, he humped up real bad. And my uh, my heart kind of sank. I was like, oh, no, I just hit this deer back. And uh, so I took off trying to catch up to him and put another arrow in him. But I didn't want to bump him too much and push him out of the country. So I uh, went back to the guys and met up with them. And thankfully, I was with three dudes. Uh, my brother had left prior to he had to go work the next morning so he went in early but uh met back with them and luckily I was with them so they called me down because uh after I knew I hurt, hit him the uh the shakes came in pretty uh severely so I was pretty keyed up and thankfully my uncle's a pretty calm dude and my dad's really good at tracking deer and I had one of the best hype men ever with Pete in the other ear so we uh gave him a little bit of extra time than we usually would and like I said, thankfully I had guys that have been around the block a few times. So uh, once we actually went out there, we found him probably like 400 yards from where I shot him. Well, congratulations. It's a tremendous buck. And uh, obviously you were probably a little nervous out the shot, but the, the first thing that got my attention is you said it's a, a 75 yard shot. Now, obviously when you're hunting in the West, you're used to shooting a little bit longer distances than we would be here on the East coast. But uh, um, is that something where you practice at those long distances all summer? So I actually, uh, we do shoot longer. Um, I'm not as comfortable shooting super long range. Like, uh, my older brother, he's a really good shot. So he'll shoot a little bit farther than I would. Uh, 75 for me is probably pushing it. Uh, but like I said, he had me pinned and I knew there was really no other option. So I was confident in my abilities and knew where to aim and I have a uh, sliding sight, which uh, preseason I neglected putting tapes on there because I didn't think I was going to be shooting that far. So uh, uh -huh. I knew uh, where my 70-yard pin would be or where I'd have to slide it to. So I put it right about there and let her go. Well, you, you obviously made a great shot. And, um, you know, as, as I think about that, that whole process there, I, I probably should ask you, since you said you don't typically shoot that far, is that the furthest shot you made on a, a live animal? Yeah, so I've made a 60-yard shot, and I've hit, it, I've hit deer at 60, I've hit deer at 50. Uh, I'm used to shooting a little bit longer. Um, that is the farthest shot that I've made, though. Uh, it's not the farthest shot that I've taken and missed. I've 
I've flung pretty far, uh, like 70, 75 as well, but uh, it's definitely the farthest shot that I've made a good shot on. Yeah, now you out, you recovered that deer later in the evening. What were your thoughts when you actually walked up to him and you guys found it laying there? Like, what went through your mind? Relief. <laughs> Some, sometimes that's the predominant thought, but yeah, I mean, you had to be pretty jazzed, pretty excited. I was super excited. Um, yeah, the main feeling was definitely relief uh, because I found that uh, when I'm out there, I'm definitely pretty pessimistic. I can think of all the things that go wrong. And uh, when I knew I hit him back, I was started going through the uh, the motions of, you know, there's a chance he doesn't die tonight. And, you know, that's just awful for the animal, for one. Um, but then, you know, potential meat spoilage comes in. There's a lot of bears out in that area. So, uh, you know, I started thinking, you know, bears could get on him, coyotes could get on him. Uh, so all that was running through my head. And uh, thankfully I had, like I said, I had three really good dudes with me to help me out. And my dad and uncle are really good trackers. And thankfully my dad kind of took the reins when it came to actually tracking him and he stayed on his blood trail like a bloodhound and uh we got on him and once we found him it was just super excited but super relieved at the same time yeah and and how long did it take you then to pack it out what, what was that process like we i didn't even ask you was was this a backcountry hunt or were you basically returning to the house every night so we were returning to the house every night what was nice about that area is uh like I said, it's a lot of logging area. So there's a lot, there's a ton of logging roads. So you can pretty much just hop road to road when you're doing hunts. Uh, so we use the Onyx, the, uh, the app. And when we actually got on him, my dad checked it out and he was like, Oh, I can, you know, head back to the truck to where we uh, started from. And, uh, he's like, I can bring it over parallel to us. And we're going to only going to be like four or 500 yards off the road from where the truck would be. So, the, the pack out wasn't bad. Um, it took a little bit extra time because we did cape him out. Uh, thankfully, again, I mean, I had a group of guys with me that, you know, really made the experience fun and easy. Uh, since I had never caped a buck out before, we had uh, Pete with us who's done it a few times. And uh, I like to say he's a wizard with a knife. So he made pretty quick work of that cape job and quartered him out and got him, got him in the cooler and we were on our way. Awesome. Well, now we talked about the the spread being 28 inches um, and it was a, a four by four. Yeah. So he, uh, he was a true three and then he had some cheater fours. Yeah. And uh, now what are you doing with that rack? Do you plan to have that head mounted or what did you do with it? Yeah, he's getting mounted. Uh, he's in a, uh, he's in a freezer right now uh, waiting to get taken up to uh, Pendleton, Oregon to a uh, taxidermist up there. And um, now you, you hunted with your dad. Is, is that one of the biggest bucks your dad's ever seen? Yeah, other than the one that he had uh, got on a few years ago. Yeah, he was, uh, when we got on and my dad, you know, he could tell there was a lot of relief from him too to we could finally get a buck like that on the ground. Yeah, and, and, and so now um, your season is effectively over in California. But you had uh, three or four other people with you. Are they all still hunting or did anybody else have any success since you took that buck? So, uh, yeah, so I ended up leaving in the middle of the week uh, to come back up here. Um, but uh, Pete, who I mentioned, was trying to get his first archery buck. He did get a buck. He got a good uh, forked horn out there. Uh, I don't know exactly where they got him at. It was another public land. Um, but they got him on a buck. And then uh, my uncle and brother are still trying to get on a 
get on a bus for themselves. And they have some time yet. That season goes a little bit here, right? Yeah, they have some time. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, you talked about us at the very beginning. You're really passionate. You love to bow hunt. It's like, that's your favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. What else do you bow hunt for other than mule deer? Do you have a chance to do anything else? Do you do any hunting in Oregon? So, unfortunately, with uh, the way the California draws work, um, if I wanted to, I could buy a bear tag every year. Um, I'm kind of lazy in terms of uh, wanting to take care of a bear after I got one on the ground. So, I don't do much of that. Um, Love to go on an elk hunt with my bow. Haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. Um, I think the top of my list, though, on a, for a bow hunt is probably to do uh, a desert muley hunt with my bow. That'd be fun. I think that's my next, uh, the next hunt that I'm going to try and get on. Uh, but other than that, if we go out of state, we're usually using rifles. Yeah, absolutely understood. But uh, um, congratulations again on a tremendous deer. Uh, what are you going to do next as far as hunting in your home state? Do you you going to shoot for something bigger? Are you going to take the first one that comes along next year? You know, I told my dad, I was like, man, I hope this buck didn't re- ruin me. And he said, uh, <laughs> you, just need to, you need to be realistic about what you're going to see. And I was like, yeah, um, no, because I just I enjoy hunting. And there's some other good bucks out there. I've pretty much come to terms with uh there's a possibility I'm not going to see another deer like that uh, in California again. Um, so I was just super fortunate to get on him when I did. Um, but, you know, just practicing making good shots and uh, ethical kills and chasing after good bucks and being smart about the bucks that I take. Absolutely. And, um, you know, um, before I forget, we didn't touch on what were you using as far as your bow and your equipment? What was your bow? What broadhead? What arrow? Yeah, so I use a uh, Matthews V3 uh, 31, and then for my arrow, I use a Rage hypodermic tripan for a broadhead, so I use a mechanical, and then uh, I use the Easton Axis long range uh, 340s. Um, Yeah. That's what I was using out there, and then I have an Axle or an Excel AccuTouch sliding sight. That's still a great setup, obviously, for wanting to shoot some longer distances. Yeah, it's possible you might get a 20-yard shot, but I think you have to prepare it for those longer shots when the hunting in the areas that you're hunting at. So uh, great job on that. You know, the other thing I wanted to touch on, we, we talked about, and we sort of moved on to other parts of the story, but you mentioned when you saw this buck, I think you just caught, was it a, was, did you see his whole antlers or head? Or did oh, yeah. you see like a little pit and it caught your eyes? No, I just, like I said, it was, the whole situation was just pure luck. Um, I just happened to look to my left and I just saw big old frame and I was like, well, that's a shooter. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we all want that scenario. And I, I tried my best not to look at his antlers when I was actually drawn back and taking aim. Cause I was like, if I look at him, I'm going to shoot him through the field goal. So that wouldn't be very good. So uh, when I saw him, I was like, that's like a 24, 25 inch buck. Cause I just saw a big frame and didn't look at it again. And then when we rolled up to him, I was like, oh, wow, that's uh, that's a lot bigger than I thought. You know, and a lot of times that's how it goes. You can do all your scouting, trail cams out, you know, legwork on the ground, um, be hunting for days and pass up on smaller bucks. And all of a sudden it's just something falls your way. And that's how you get the deal done. It's I mean, that's one of the things about hunting. There's a lot of skill that goes into it. There's also a big, big element that involves luck. Oh, yeah. So, well, I like to say. uh I pretty much complain as much as I can and I'll be as dramatic as I can. So I'm not even an hour before I, we'd gotten on that buck. I think I was telling everybody that I was going to retire after this year. So uh, we weren't seeing that many deer. And like I said, tend to be a little pessimistic, but 
you're always curious about what's going to be around the next corner. So went around that next corner and there he was. Had uh, fate not fallen your way, um, were you done hunting for the weekend or would you have continued into the week? Oh, I would have, uh, I would have hit it hard for the whole week. And we, we had been hitting it hard for the two days and then we hit it hard for another three or two, two days prior to me leaving. Uh, and then we ended up, I ended up leaving and Pete gotten on a buck. Yeah. And, and I wasn't sure when you went back to school and all that stuff. So I didn't know if you had to, the time where you can work that in, but, uh, congratulations on, on a tremendous buck. Um, you know, uh, you're, you, you've been hunting since you were, um, uh, younger, but, uh, you're still 21. So you have a, uh, hopefully a number of good solid years to try and top that buck. But as you said, that's a great buck for your area. Oh yeah. It was a buck of a lifetime for sure. Well, well, Nolan, thank you so much for joining us on the Bow Hunting Podcast. We were thrilled that you could come on and share your story. And for everybody who's listening, you know, this is just one of the, the many great bucks that are going to fall across the country this year. This happens to be a, a really, really nice field here. But here in the East Coast, uh, in the Midwest, the whitetail season is going to start kicking off soon. So hopefully this gets everybody excited for the upcoming deer seasons. Nolan, thanks again so much for joining us. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the Bow Hunting Podcast. I appreciate you for having me. Thanks for downloading the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com. <laughs>